Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Belief Mapping Podcast. I'm glad that you're with me. I'm Tom Price. I'm a film and philosophy guy from Oxford and I'm also a Christian, but don't let that concern you just yet. I want to cover all kinds of topics in these podcasts, from belief maps themselves to critical thinking, as well as interviews with people from all kinds of perspectives and belief maps. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on episodes as they're released. This episode is a 101 of belief maps. It explains what a belief map is and goes through the four key elements or questions that a belief map tries to deal with. We live in a grid. It's all around us. It's inside of us. We're often unaware of it. The philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein wrote about a layer of beliefs which influence and shape everything that we see, hear and experience. Wittgenstein wrote that these underlying webs of belief serve as the axes, the riverbed, the scaffolding and the hinges of the way that we understand the world. Bernard Williams noted the effect of an unseen layer when he said that we are all under the influence of thinkers that we do not read. If one tries to deny that such a layer of underlying assumptions and beliefs exists, then G.K. Chesterton is ready to counter with the observation that there are two kinds of people in the world, the conscious dogmatists and the unconscious dogmatists. I've always found myself that the unconscious dogmatists were by far the most dogmatic. So even if we're not terribly aware of our underlying beliefs, they may still be there. And his observation is also on point. Those who believe that they are neutral or open-minded are often holding and bringing the biggest claims. The economist J.M. Keynes held that these unseen underlying ideas were highly influential. He writes, the ideas of economists and political philosophers, both when they're right and when they're wrong, are more powerful than is commonly understood. Indeed, the world is ruled by little else. Practical men who believe themselves to be quite exempt from any intellectual influences are usually the slaves of some defunct economist. Madmen in authority who hear voices in the air are distilling their frenzy from some academic scribbler of a few years back. I'm sure that the power of vested interests is vastly exaggerated compared with the gradual encroachment of ideas. There are systems of beliefs and ideas and assumptions that reside under the surface of the way that we normally think and feel about the world. Some call these schemas or worldviews. We call them belief maps. Belief maps are a way to talk about the world and to bring clarity to what we each believe and the ideas that we carry under the surface. It helps us to see the presuppositions, the assumptions and the underlying beliefs that we bring to the way that we see the world and the way that we respond to questions about purpose, 
happiness and truth. Every single person that you meet has a worldview or belief map, a way that they see the world. It's like a pair of lenses over your eyes and it shapes everything that we see and everything that we look at. It has an amazingly powerful effect on the way that we see the world. It's like a tinted lens over our eyes but it's made of ideas and it's over our minds. It's like a grid or a web of ideas and beliefs that we look at the world through and this powerfully affects the way that we see the world, the way we see other people and the way that we see ourselves. All political movements, religions, non-religious movements, philosophies, psychologies and ways of living are ways of responding to the world. And it's interesting how frequently human beings express our beliefs to each other and to ourselves in a set of core creeds, statements, claims or nowadays memes. William Halverson says that at the centre of every worldview or belief map's core is what we might call the touchstone proposition of that worldview, a proposition which is held to be the fundamental truth about reality and serves as the criterion to determine which other propositions may or may not count as candidates for belief. A belief map will bring these touchstone propositions into real clarification. It brings some structure to the way that we think about things and this allows us to understand and see what someone believes which can be sometimes a surprise to them. A belief map contains four basic elements and everybody that you meet with and interact, religious or not, has a belief map. And the four elements that that person's belief map is made up of are their answers to four basic questions about the world. Number one, what is reality? Number two, what's wrong with the world? What's the error? Number three, what's the answer to that? And number four, what does life look like? What does life look like in the future? What can we hope for? The first of these elements that all beliefs and or belief maps and worldviews and religions and ways of approaching the world try to answer in their own ways concerns the basic nature of reality. What is really there? What is the nature of reality? Why is there something rather than nothing? And what is the nature of that most basic reality? What are human beings? How can we understand and make sense of what the world is? Does God exist? Is God different from the universe? Is God separate from the universe? Or is it just natural processes and natural properties? The second question, which explicitly or implicitly concerns every system of thinking and approaching the world that man has invented, is a bit less philosophical. Nevertheless, it's a question that every single human being asks themselves when we watch the news or engage with society or other people or experience struggles in our own lives. And this is the area of what is wrong with the world? What's the What's the error? What's going on with people or the world that we're in? And sometimes the world seems so broken and people seem so broken. We could talk about it in terms of the brokenness or the messed upness of human beings. Something perhaps wrong with our nature that needs to be fixed, mended, redeemed or repaired. Is it a moral brokenness? Is it some other kind of flaw or brokenness? What is wrong with the world? So the third 
big element, the thing, third big question that belief maps try to make sense of is the question of what's the answer to this? What's the answer to what's wrong with the world? What's the solution to the challenge of what is wrong with the world and the people in it? Is there some way to sort things out? Is there a way to be rescued? Do we need to self-rescue? What do we need to do? What do we need to engage with? What should we do with our resources, our energies and our hope in terms of what's wrong with the world? Where should we focus our redemptive endeavors? Through our own thinking, through our own analysis, or should we look to rescue from outside of ourselves? The fourth question that all of these different ways of looking at the world are trying to address through their fundamental beliefs and doctrines is this. What might life look like in the future if we brought these changes in? All of these different philosophies and religions have views about the future and about what happens next. What can we hope for? What's life going to become like in the future? What would life look like if we brought in this answer to what's wrong with the world and if we lived in line with this view of reality? Do we lose our individuality and become one essence, one um, individual or a thing? Or do we continue to battle onwards through suffering? And is there any hope that it would may, may be definitively addressed in some sort of final way? So a belief map is made up of four elements. Questions about reality, questions about what's wrong, questions about what the answer to that is, and questions about what we can hope for in the future, what life becomes like in the future. And a belief map helps us to make sense of philosophies and systems of thinking and religions and viewpoints by drilling down into these four key elements or questions. And it's a powerful and a helpful way to see and to engage with the deeper ideas that people believe. A belief map gathers together the core elements of a belief system which incorporates the philosophical and the everyday since the questions that we wonder about are so varied and change according to what's happening to us a belief map is actually able to capture both our practical and our reflective philosophical sides quite well and this is why understanding what we believe is wrong with the world and what we believe the answer to that is, is placed alongside our answers to the big questions about the universe and ultimate reality. Every single person has a way of seeing the world. We, each of us, have a belief map and we all use it and we find ourselves under the influence of our own belief maps and other people's belief maps, even if we're not aware of that. And it's based on our answers to these four basic questions. What is reality? What's wrong? What's the answer? And what can we hope for? Every single human being has this lens, a belief map that they see the world through. We all use it. We all have it. But we're not always aware of it. What is your belief map and how does it shape the way that you see the world? I hope you enjoyed that discussion of what a belief map is and you found it helpful and clarifying for you. I hope you'll also be able to subscribe and join me for the next belief mapping podcast. Until then.